Hello and welcome to The Bulletin with UBS on Monocle 24. Each week, the sharpest minds and freshest thinkers in finance take you beyond the numbers and hype, right to the heart of the big issues of the day. Today, we're considering how currencies can affect investors' wealth strategy. With turbulence in foreign exchange markets increasing recently, amid uncertainty arising from elevated inflation and the hawkish turn from most major central banks, there are plenty of issues at play. With the US dollar index hitting its highest level in two decades, investors have certainly been paying closer attention to foreign exchange markets. Today, we're exploring various factors that drive currency movement and how foreign exchange can impact your wealth strategy. As a guide, we're dipping into a recent tutorial on the theme from the UBS Global Wealth Management CIO, and we have with us one of that report's authors, as well as the CIO's head, Global FX and Commodity. Let's welcome them both back to the programme. Chris Swan is strategist in UBS Global Wealth Management and co-author of the tutorial How Can Currencies Affect Your Wealth Strategy? And Dominic Schneider is head global FX and commodity in the CIO. Chris, Dominic, gentlemen, great to have you both with us once again. Chris, let me just start with you first of all. I guess at any time when you are in an environment where there's increasing turbulence in foreign exchange markets, presumably, whatever the cause is, that really puts this sort of topic front and centre for for investors. It must be something that a lot of your clients are keen to talk to you about at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it totally does. I think we've remarked uh, in the tutorial that one of the difficult things about currencies is just the complexity that they can be affected by just such a massive range of factors, whether that's like economic, financial or political. And yeah, I obviously really admire what uh, Dominic does because often sort of predicting the course of currencies can be somewhat like uh, predicting the shape of clouds, but but it can be done. And there are sort of metrics that uh, we can look at and there are ways that you can manage currency risk within your portfolio. Uh, Well yeah and before we start to talk about some of the strategies maybe that you use Dominic to do exactly that Dominic let me ask you just about the US dollar just first of all as a headline because US dollar index hitting pretty high levels I mean the highest actually we've seen in quite some time again is that the sort of thing that prompts clients of UBS to look at this with fresh eyes And if anything, is that a risk? Because I suppose it should always be part of your thinking, right? If you've got a really holistic, integrated wealth strategy, you shouldn't just wait for exceptional moments. Absolutely. I think one of the key factors in the FX market is that they tend to be dormant for almost 70% of the time, but then you have these windows of almost 30% where currency markets tend to move quite rapidly. and, And often really some of the views materialize within months that some of the analysts expect to materialize over the role of a, a year. So sharp moves, which has quite broad ramification for your investments. If you're obviously on the wrong side, your performance might be detracted quite substantially. And normally these are the moments where investors start to have a greater focus on the currency. It's not always like this, as I mentioned. Uh, sometimes the focus is permanent. If you're, for example, a company or you're running a company, then I think you're always thinking of what are the risks the currency risk that you're taking at this point in time. As for the dollar, maybe last point, has rallied a lot, clearly richly valued. Does it mean it needs to stop here? Probably not, can still do a little bit more, but there comes a turning point. And I think investors need to think about how to position for that turning point. 
Well, let's talk a little bit then about some of the factors that, that act on this on this space. There are all sorts of things, aren't there, of course, that, that, that move currencies. There are lots of factors that can explain that and how it, it's uneven in character. But maybe you could both just talk us through some of the main areas. Chris, I'll bounce back to you. Are there particular areas that you find really interesting or ones that you think are perhaps more relevant at the moment than, than, than before or than usual? Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's also, I mean, what I find fascinating about currencies, it's almost like each currency has its own specific personality and can react to the world in slightly different ways. And you were talking about the dollar. And of course, part of the reason that the dollar has done so well recently is that it's considered a safe haven currency. And there are other such safe haven currencies, such as, say, the Swiss franc or or the yen, which uh, when times are tough, these are some of the currencies that uh, investors flock to either because they have you know, very sort of deep and liquid markets, or in the case of Japan, because there's a lot of foreign assets held abroad that can come back in times of crisis. So, I mean, that's sort of one aspect. And I guess the other aspect that is front and centre at the moment is sort of central bank decisions and interest rates. And obviously, we've been seeing uh, some of the currencies uh, where the central banks have been more hawkish, uh, uh, benefiting from inflows, and that's also advantaged uh, the dollar relatively recently. Yeah, and Dominic, just one quick thing on on inflation. That's one of the key things. Chris just mentioned it there, and obviously interest rates uh, as well. To what extent, again, does that sort of warp the picture? You already, in your opening remarks, talked about the need to sort of take a long term view, to always factor some of these things in, and not to be too reactive as a responsible investor. But in a high inflationary environment like we're in at the moment, what exactly does that does that do to this landscape? Well, if you think about it, everybody would have high inflation. Actually, the currency market doesn't really need to move because things on a relative basis uh, would be quite stable. So you clearly need to think about when it comes to currencies in relative term. The fact is, if you look today, not everybody, not every country has the same inflation dynamics. Switzerland, for example, very benign, or even Japan. I mean, that means longer term that some of these currencies will appreciate quite a fair bit. The other element to think about when it comes to inflation dynamics and what it means is what if a currency is appreciated a lot and runs sizable current account deficit, meaning locally there's not enough savings to make all the investment you really need to attract foreign capitals. I think that can also then suddenly have a quite different backdrop how the currencies perform. So right now, I think what is interesting and particularly that we have this dollar strength. And if you would look purely from a fundamental perspective, you would say, where is purchasing power? Where is the current account? You would not say dollar should be strong. But yet at this point in time, it is because there are other factors that have been the key drivers, such as a very aggressive Fed with with the rate hikes. For example, people like that. Again, the US dollar is the reserve currencies. And then we have all these problems outside the US in Europe, accelerating inflation or in terms of energy prices in China still struggling with its COVID policy and the housing market. So it seems to be that these factors are overruling some of the fundamentals. Right. Well, let's change tack slightly and ask that question, which, of course, this piece asks as a sort of headline, how do currencies affect your wealth? And I guess from what you've both said, it it depends to a degree on the extent of overseas exposure, maybe in, in given portfolios and on the goals that investors have. But perhaps you can both speak a little bit about how currencies then affect uh, affect wealth strategy. And I know that in the piece, there are a few different areas that you're both keen to sort of to speak about. Maybe, Chris, I'll come to you first of all. Do you want to pick up one of them? Uh, hedging is one of them. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I guess if you sort of put a broad context around this, you can have sort of defensive ways of considering your uh, your currency exposure, such as sort of hedging, which is essentially making sure that the gains that you make on a particular asset that you've invested overseas aren't erased or more than erased by a loss on the currency side. And also sort of on a personal front, obviously a lot of wealthy investors just have very international lives these days. They might have children attending a foreign university or uh, it might be an entrepreneur that is sort of seeking to match income streams to expenses. Uh, or you might have a property overseas. And all of this sort of generates risk, but also your portfolio more broadly generates risk. So, I mean, hedging would be one of the more defensive ways of, uh, of considering your currency exposure, along with uh, sort of maybe diversification, ensuring that you have a sort of portfolio of currencies and you're sort of uh, potentially accumulating exposure to a range of undervalued currencies or or, or trying to exploit shorter-term uh, misalignments. Yeah, and I guess that's that's one really interesting part. And another aspect, Dominic, would be for those investors who are looking to be a bit more proactive in terms of, of wealth strategy, uh, looking maybe to augment incomes, you know, you can ask questions around uh, yield generation in this space as well, can't you, if you're seeking to be more proactive? Absolutely. I think uh, beyond, let's say, the more strategic element, you can always think about the FX market as a source of income. So if you think about volatility can in some cases be mid-teens or high-teens in, in, in very difficult situation, often then also coming down quite rapidly. That kind of volatility in the FX market can be actually exploited by investors. If you have the willingness to basically be in the market and insure somebody else for certain downside risk, the market in FX gives you a premium that you can harvest. So having a strategy around maybe your home currency and thinking, maybe I want to engage somewhere else and, and systematically making use of the FX market to tap into that volatility spectrum can improve yield quite a fair bit. Today, yields are a little bit higher, but in many countries and, and currencies, yields are still very low. So beefing up your return on, on maybe instead of being in money market is maybe one strategy you can deploy in order to achieve your longer term goal. And I suppose it follows that if there are investors who are maybe you know a little more risk averse, it makes sense to sort of match currency holdings to liabilities, generally speaking. But again, for, for more risk tolerant investors, if they have an appetite to, to trade more actively, presumably when there are the kind of misalignments that you've both just mentioned, you know, there's real opportunity there. There is, although I must say, I mean, if you look a little bit more longer term, is there a systematic risk premium uh, in currency market, particularly in the G10? There's probably, it's not there. So you need to really have that trading mindset and you can't just buy and hold over a long period of time. So what is it required to be successful in that game is to have really a, I would say, thorough mindset, how the macro world look like, what is not priced, where do you see the central bank going? And is there basically a convergence of, of let's say, longer term and shorter term trends? Understand, for example, how the market is positioned. Is the market already heavily dollar long or yen short? Am I going with the crowd or against the crowd? What kind of narrative I'm, I'm, I'm playing here? This is important in order to be successful. And then when it comes to trading, keep in mind, always operate with a stop loss level in order to make sure you have your risk um, under control. 
I just want to ask both a little bit about what might happen next. I do appreciate that even the great minds in UBS are not in possession of a crystal ball, but just in broad brushstrokes, what should we be expecting uh, into the final kind of quarter of, of 2022 and maybe beyond? And how should that inform the decisions that investors are going to make when it comes to currencies? Well, let me start with some thoughts on, on my end. I mean, there's clearly three narratives out there at this point that the market is looking at. is the Fed tightening cycle, and I think we still have room to go. I think there's no complacency from a central bank's perspective to already signal some kind of... Um, know, relaxation. So that clearly still points for a firm dollar, I think. Then you look away from the US. Now thinking about Europe, which I already mentioned, we have an epic crisis on the energy side. Some of the prices are eightfold, have gone up uh, quite tremendously, deepening the challenges for consumers. So here, central bank is not really to react. So probably you want to shy away from, from Europe, at least or European currencies in this environment. And now look at Asia, where we have a situation where growth has slumped dramatically due to COVID and some of the policies in place. And on top of it, we have a housing crisis. Here again, if you're exposed to the to the equity market, it's maybe wise to at least take some risk out by being hedged uh, the CNY. I think if I look at all these three factors, I think the narrative is still here in terms of a stronger dollar towards year end. Do we need to extrapolate that indefinitely into 2023? Probably not. But uh, I think here, the at least what we get in terms of news flow, the narratives is still positive dollar. And Chris, let me just bounce over to you. I mean, maybe just to pick up on anything that Dominic's mentioned there. What what do you make as you look uh, into the next few few months? I guess it's always tricky to make uh, analysis, isn't it, during times of political ter- uh, volatility and general turbulence. But uh, what are a few thoughts from your side? I guess there's a lot of focus on the euro at the moment, particularly given the sort of higher level of vulnerability that you see uh, from European nations to disruptions arising from the war in Ukraine and particularly uh, reductions in supplies of Russian gas uh, going into Germany, uh, that obviously increases the vulnerability a lot. And it it sort of creates a certain uh, break on the ability of the uh, Eurozone to raise rates uh, too aggressively in response to higher inflation, along with, of course, the risk uh, that you see on Europe's periphery, the risk that uh, the spread between German and, say, Italian bond yields will increase. So I think that's one reason to be more cautious about uh, the euro. And uh, we just recently lowered our our forecast. And uh, you'll have noticed that the euro has sort of fallen back towards parity at the time that we're recording with the dollar. I'd like to add a little bit to to Chris, what he was saying. I mean, uh, we're positive dollar with the idea that it tops, clearly cautious when it comes to, to the euro. I think if I look at what is completely mispriced in the market, and maybe takes a little bit longer to look into. I think about commodity-linked currencies. I mean, we have seen a tremendous rise in commodity prices and the currencies of like Canadian dollar, like the Australian dollar, Norwegian crown, for example, do not have reflected that kind of material improvement in terms of trade. And I think once that element of uncertainty is gone, which may be in terms of growth, in terms of what the uncertain Europe or China, once that subsides, I think people will look through that kind of mist and, and say, actually, there's value to be found. So while we talk about the stronger dollar, it's maybe, as Chris was mentioning, predominantly focused on Europe. 
but some of these commodity currencies can hold up probably still well and have a very attractive return outlook in the longer term due to the fact that we expect commodity prices stay high and be extremely beneficial for the respective uh, economies. Well, Dominic, just finally, one last follow-up then. If I'm a, a canny investor and I've been intrigued by this discussion, um, what do I do with my dollars? Oh, I think if you have plenty of dollars, uh, you probably stick with them. I think one advice is here to, as I mentioned before, use the option market to maybe set some of the exit points because dollar strength is not going to go indefinitely. There are some good reasons why longer term, there are some challenges ahead. So using the option market to maybe get rid of your, or at least reduce your exposure to, let's say, dollar versus um, the euro at 0.95 0.95 is something to think about. Or when it comes to the Australian dollars, you think about, okay, I want to hold some commodity-linked currencies uh, somewhere closer to uh, 0.65 thereabout. The option market gives you that kind of flexibility to actively seek some diversification. So I think that's one thing to do if you hold an plenty amount of dollars. For those who hold no dollars at this point in time, elevated volatility might allow you to seek a little bit lower entry points. I think we just need to be mindful that the upside is not indefinite, but you can also make here to add to your diversification capability by looking at lower entry points when it comes to accumulating the greenback. Dominic Schneider. And before that, Chris Swan. And that brings us to the end of this edition of The Bulletin with UBS, setting the agenda in the fast-moving world of finance every week here on Monocle 24. You can listen again and explore more at monocle.com. That's where you can join the club by subscribing to Monocle magazine. You can also follow this programme wherever you get your podcasts or discover more and find out how UBS can help you at ubs.com. This is The Bulletin with UBS on Monocle 24. I'm Tom Edwards. Thanks for listening.